This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Love Christmas. Any of you have heard me speak before, talk to you about some of the things that I believe God's put on this earth for me specifically, and one of them being Christmas music. But we will get to that later on. But I want to talk to you about this Christmas is going to be a great season for you. And it's going to be a great season because you will choose to make it a great season and honor the one that it's all about. And I believe that, that when you have that mindset and that mentality, you will have the same mind of Christ and be able to honor those that are around you. And I think this series that Pastor's been on is not just a coincidence, but I believe in America, we lack the major thing called honor in today's world. We don't honor each other very well. We don't honor our bosses very well. We don't honor our law enforcement or our civil services very well. But I believe today that we'll continue to learn a little bit more about what it means to honor. And this is one of the most important people in our lives that we're going to learn to honor. So if you didn't bring your Bible today, I want you to follow in the Word of God so that you're reading the same thing that I'm reading and you've been able to see that. So if you didn't bring your Bible today and you want to follow through, our ushers have some Bibles. If you'd lift your hand up in the air and let them know, they will get to you and allow you to follow through. Go ahead and keep those up. They'll get to you right away. And uh, we're going to start today in the book of Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. And uh, for those of you that want to be prepared for the next uh, scripture that we're going to go to, because it's a little bit farther away, if you have a marker, you can put it in, Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, Just kind of get you prepared so that you don't have to flip as many pages and look. You can flip it right there. So um, the title of today's message is Give Honor Where Honor Is Due. Give Honor Where Honor Is Due. For those of you that are taking notes, this is a great way to start. You know, over the past few weeks, as Pastor Oscar was just sharing with us, that we've been talking about this thing called honor. And during this series, it's caused me to change the way that I think, the way that I, I, I really speak, the way that I see things. All of a sudden, I'm remembering that God has a plan and a purpose for every moment of our lives. If we will choose to honor him, he can use us to honor that moment in his walk, in his calling, in his purpose for our lives. And so it's a great opportunity. And so as I've, I've kind of gone through this, I, I ask myself the question, when I, when I say the word honor, what do I think of? What do I see? And one of the things that I see a lot of times when I, when I say the word honor, it kind of goes back to the medieval days where the knights and, and the king is there and they come down and they you know, bow on a knee and they stand there and they get ready and how they honor the one in authority, or how they are honored for the decision that they choose to make. And I think in America today, we, we don't do very well at that. Um, I saw a, a friend of mine that uh, his daughter plays on our soccer team, and, and I hadn't seen him in quite a while. And so he played, they, they, his daughter and my daughter go to school together, but we just hadn't seen each other in a while. And I was thinking about this thing. He, he's a news broadcaster here in town, and I saw him probably a week ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's got a beard. Well, the beard didn't happen overnight. It took quite a while. And I realized very quickly, I have, I have gotten myself totally away from watching the news. And the reason why is because every time I watched the news, it made me angry. Or it got me upset because I just saw so much dishonor. And so I had a decision to make. Either I'm going to continue to complain, or I can start to pray. And the more that I saw that, the more I complained. So I realized I'm going to continue to pray for America, but I can't see what's going on in America. It's what Pastor Oscar was talking about with Hebrews 11. What you see today doesn't mean that's reality. Because if I have faith, I'm believing beyond what I'm seeing at this moment and believing that honor can come back into this place and that we can choose this and that we can honor one another. Whether we agree with each other or not doesn't matter. 
but I can still honor you because I choose that. And that's the thing that it's come back to is that when I view things as ordinary, I lose my lack or my opportunity to honor that moment. So what I mean by that is if I continue to come home every day to, to my wife and, and, and just not a big deal and I say, hey, woman, it's good to see you. Uh, things aren't going to go very well. I'll get a left-handed hook because she can't punch me with my right hand right now. But, you know, she'll hit me at some point, and she'll help me change my mentality with something. But what it comes back down to is if I choose to honor her, that every moment I look at her, I realize this is a blessed opportunity from God that I get to spend with her. Well, yeah, it's in the morning, but that's okay. You know what? It's another day. The Bible says, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. One of the opportunities you have to rejoice in it is to honor those that you get to spend time with. Or you can sit there and say, it's just my wife. It's just my kids. It's just my grandparents. Well, tell that to a person who's just recently lost their grandparents. That they would love to go back for any opportunity in the world to spend another day with that, with that person honor those moments. When you do that, you see God moving through you. God choosing to do things through you. And I, and I love this because it doesn't matter what they do because it all comes back to what I choose to do. And so really, you have to make a decision. Will I either treat this person, place, or thing with honor or as ordinary? And I think about this because when I, choose to choose, when I choose honor, it changes how my mindset is. It changes my heart. It changes the way I see things, the way I talk. Because as this series gone on, I hope that you've been able to slow down and say, you know what, I'm not going to jump on board with everybody else and what they're saying. Because whether I agree with this person or not doesn't mean anything because the Bible has called me to honor them. For example, you may not agree with the government choices right now, but that's okay you can still honor them. Because the Bible says he's called for you to pray for them. So we can choose to honor God in this moment or we can honor me. Because that's what it comes back down to is it's either an internal thing with me or it's I'm going to trust God and it's internally going to show on the inside of me by my voices coming out. Because remember, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So who you choose to honor is your choice. So Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to pray. So it says this, return home, you wayward children, says the Lord. It says, for I am your master for, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. One from this town, two from that family, from wherever you are scattered. Now, verse 15, listen to what he says right here. And I, this is God speaking, and I will. See, see here's the thing about this is God can't lie. When God handpicks someone, he handpicks them for a purpose, and he says this, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart. When you read this and you go back into understanding that translation of what that word shepherds means, it actually means pastors. But in that day, they didn't realize that, so that, that, that's not the words they use. But in today's world, we're going to read it this way, and I will give you pastors after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. So hold on to that thought and let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity and the blessed honor it is to be in your house, 
to be in your presence, Father. Lord, so many times we have an opportunity to treat this as ordinary. But Father, we honor this day. We honor this moment. We honor the opportunity that we get to come in and freely praise you. And so, Father, I ask that as we choose to honor you, I pray that that honor may come back in, in a form of blessing, in a form of receiving, in a form of understanding your knowledge and your wisdom for what we're called to do in this life, Father. I ask, Father, that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity. Father, that you would speak through me through illustrations, visions, thoughts, and ideas so that people may know truly how much you love them and care for them. And Father, I know that when I choose to honor you, it is the greatest honor above all else. I get to honor those around me. And so Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I ask you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we read that scripture again, verse 15, and I will give you shepherds or pastors after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. It's a decision that we choose to make. When we choose honor, we recognize that this is how much God truly loves us. That he has not just given us just random people and said, uh, you look good, why don't you go up there? Um, you got a good voice, why don't you go do that? He handpicks the shepherds that are to lead the flock, which is each and every one of us. And understand this, I fall into the flock also. But he says this, if it's a gift of God, then we should honor that thing. We should honor that calling. We should honor that person. Not because they're a special person, but because God has hand-selected them for the calling that is before us. So here's the thing, and this is what it kind of comes back down to, is if you go buy a great gift for your kids, say you go wait in line on Black Friday, you get up at 5.30 in the morning, you go wait in Best Buy's line, and you wait and you buy this TV, and you come home and you're all excited to show this TV. And so Christmas morning, your kids open this TV and they're like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. And they're like, eh, it's okay. You're like, no, 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 let me tell you, it does this and it does this and it does this and it does this and it does that. And they're like, yeah, but it's just TV. No, 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 I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning and I had to wait in line. And I sat out there in the cold and I was this person and I had to talk to all these people. But you know what? I got this TV and I got it for you. I'm so excited for you. And they're like, First, I'm going to take them out back, and I'm going to deal with them real quick, and I'm going to take that TV, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to buy myself something, because you guys are ungrateful. And we kind of go through this mentality, and we do this stuff. But you know what? We have a gift from God. That every Sunday and Wednesday, a man of God spends direct moments with God to get direct knowledge and wisdom so that he can part, impart it unto us so that we can better live and honor him in our everyday walk. But yet, at times, we treat it as ordinary. Ah, it's just church. Oh, it's just past stormy. It's just, it's just a message. It's not that big of a deal that I show up. That doesn't sound like honor to me. But in America, we don't understand that word sometimes. And what, and what I say, I'm not, I'm not talking to, uh, I'm not trying to talk down. What I'm trying to say is that we have an opportunity to recognize that we have a man of God in our presence every Sunday and every Wednesday that has been in the very presence of God preparing for us. We've got to receive that. Go ahead. As we recognize that, we remember 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says this. It says, for those, I will honor those who honor me. 
One of the best things that we can do is while we choose to honor Pastor Stormy and Shelly and the calling and the vision that they've been imparted onto their lives, the gifting that they have, we're also choosing to honor God at the same moment. It's an opportunity that we have. And so we continue to go on. In America today, the statistics say that the average church member goes to church one every three weeks. So that's, if we're lucky, we're going to see them two to three times every two months. Now, some people are going, ah, that hurts. Don't say that. That's me. Well, that's okay. That's why you're here today. So we can get back into what are we really going to honor? Who are we going to honor? What's the decisions that we're going to choose? Because remember this. You're, remember when we were kids, we were taught these things, your words are like sticks and stones, but they don't break my bones. You know, all that, all that craziness that goes on with all those things. But you know what? The Bible teaches us from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Many of us will get up all across Lubbock if Texas Tech football game is going on and it's a 7 o'clock game, you drive by Texas Tech and they'll be there at 5 o'clock in the morning getting prepared for that day. They will spend all day out there preparing. And you know what they do that entire week before? Prepare their hearts for what's going to happen Saturday. And then Sunday morning comes, and what do they choose to do? Sleep. Black Friday happens. Many people all over Lubbock are going. It's fun. It's exciting. It's all this stuff. Great things going on. And it's that post that you saw on Facebook. 100,000 people can go do Black Friday, but yet we can only get 1,000 to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. And, and, and I'm not poking fun. I'm not doing all these things. What I'm saying is it, it's, we're out of whack. Our, our honor sometimes needs to be just realigned. It's kind of like that old radio signals that we used to get. You know where you used to turn the dial? And you'd have to find that perfect spot. And sometimes you'd get in the car, nobody would touch anything, and it would be off just a little bit, and you'd have that static. And you'd have to readjust well, that's kind of where we are in life. Sometimes we just have to readjust and get our honor back in line. This Advent season can be the greatest season you've ever experienced. This Christmas time can be what you have been called to do if we'll choose to come back and honor God. I'm telling you. You may say, but what does that mean? That means I'm going to choose. My week gets started. Sunday morning will be at church. Wednesday night will be at church. Okay, what else do we have this week? The next week, we get back up and we say, what do we got this week? Well, Sunday morning, we'll be at church. Wednesday night, we'll be at church. What do we got the rest of the week? Instead of trying to fit church into your week, you plan church, then fit your week into that. Then you're choosing to honor. Because remember this, if the average church member goes one out of every three weeks, that doesn't sound like honor. And unfortunately, it wasn't too long ago that it used to be one every other week. Every other week was the average church member. They would go twice a month. It's dropped, which shows me that in America, we are losing the honor of what Sundays are all about. Sunday should be, God, we're going to honor you first. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. So I get it. If you work on Wednesday nights and you can't make it on Wednesday, that's all right. Sunday morning, you make it a priority to say, God, we're starting our week with you. We're going to make this week great because why? We're going to do this. We're going to seek you first and everything else will take place. But I'm going to have you with me. It's just like tithing. If I give my first 10%, he's going to bless the rest of the 90. If I give him my last 10%, 
he's got nothing left to bless. It's a decision and a choice that we choose to make. We can honor who we choose to honor. There was, as I was studying this, I came back across one of the stories that I hadn't heard in a long time, but it reminded me so much of how other countries choose to honor the man of God. So there was a man years ago, he'd gone over to Africa, and they had this, all these pastors come over from America to this uh, conference, and they were going to do the speaking, and hundreds of thousands of people were showing up at these, these revivals. And so this pastor, he, he's, the first day he comes in there, and there's a lady, and she washes her, his hands and feet. And then he goes out and preaches, and he's just like, must just be a custom, they're going to do this. The next day he shows up, and this man is dressed very nicely. So he starts asking questions, and he's in line to get his feet, feet and hands washed by this man. So he starts asking the director of the whole conference, that he's asking him questions, and through an interpreter he's talking to this guy, and he's asking questions about all these things. Well, he comes to find out that this gentleman, this guy who's about to wash his hands and feet, He's the director of the CIA for the entire nation of Africa. He is huge as far as in Africa. I mean, people would be lucky to know this man. So he's going through and he finds this out and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't need you to wash it. Let me wash your hands and feet. You're a great servant. We want to do those things. You've got a great calling on you. We've got to do this stuff. And in America, the director of the CIA would probably expect that. But in Africa, the man looked and said, no, 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 you're the man of God. And he's like, I know I'm the man of God, but no, no, you, you're the director of the CIA, we need to do this as a big deal. And, and he looks and he can't get, the, get it through, the interpreter, that no, I need to wash his hands and feet. And he looks at the director of everything, he says, what do I do? And he goes, get your hands and feet washed. And he's like, but, but I should do it for him. And he goes, you're the man of God. See, the thing is that this man's title didn't define who he was. He recognized that God is above all, that there is nothing that goes above God, that he is number one, and I'm going to honor those who are called to be the man of God. Remember what he said. God said, I will send you the shepherd or pastor after my own heart to give you wisdom and knowledge. Now, let's turn to Hebrews 13 and see what God has to teach us on this one. Hebrews 13 says this, and we'll get there, and hopefully some of you marked it in your Bible so you can turn there quickly. For time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and start. Verse 7 says this. It says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of faith. We have a great example of a man of God who is here every Sunday and every Wednesday except today. Normally he's here. And you know what? It kills him not to be here on a Sunday morning. I will tell you that. We have to do everything we can to get him out of this place so that he can go rest and relax and get recovered. But he's like, I'll miss a Wednesday every once in a while, but I'm not missing a Sunday. Because he knows and he understands the calling that God has on. Verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. So if you struggle with honor, if you struggle with this, maybe you've been hurt by another pastor. Maybe you've been hurt by another church. If you struggle with those, seek the grace of God. God will pour out his mercy and grace upon you, and you can learn to honor two of the most, two of the greatest character-led people that I've ever known in my entire life. They do not cheat. They do not steal. 
They do not forge things. They do not manipulate the situation. They are who God called them to be, and they will stand up here and say, I screwed up this week. Those are real people. I will tell you this. The people you see here, the people you see at that front door, and the people you see standing on the stage are the same people you're going to see. I said Walmart first service, but you, you, know, you may get a, the other end of Walmart spectrum with Pastor Stormy, but everywhere else you're going to find the great man of God that he is because he's not different than this guy up here. He's going to say the same thing here as he does out there, whether he's preaching to hundreds of thousands or he's preaching to one. It's the same man. So we continue on this. It says, your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which do not help those to follow. Verse 17, it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. Their job is to shepherd this flock. It's to help us. It's to lead us. It's to guide us in everything that we do. For they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. I will tell you this. We were talking about this this morning in... uh, our men's Bible study, about how you see presidents of the United States from the day they go into their office to the day they leave. I mean, it looks like it puts hundreds of years on them. I mean, they, they, they just, they'll go in with this, you know, full head of hair and all this stuff, and, and they come out and it's like white, and they're kind of old. You see the bags under their eyes, and you can just see, man, it has been a wear and a tear on them. I will tell you this, more pastors are leaving the ministry today than any time before because of the lack of honor that we give to the man of God. Now, I want you to understand this. There are people. They are humans. They make mistakes. They're not called to be perfect, but they are called to answer to God. And we are, to call, we are called to honor the calling that God has put on their lives. It's not about the person. It's about the calling. Does that make sense? And that's a choice that we choose to make. So we go on. And it says this. Remember, give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. If Very simple. If we have issue, my kids go to a school that teaches. We do the Matthew 18 rule before anything else. So if Kate has an issue with another child, or I have another issue with a parent, or I have an issue with a teacher, I don't go above and beyond and create all this havoc or go to other parents and say, this person's this and this and this and this, and then 27 of us all come in bearing my burden. It says, if you have an issue with a teacher, go to the teacher first. First. That's the first thing. Don't go to these people. Don't go do this. Go to the person and get it right. So if Tommy has an issue with Joel, and Joel has an issue with Tommy, Tommy doesn't go and tell everybody else, and Joel go tell all this side, and then we come for a big fist fight, like in the old days. It says, Joel and Tommy sit together and work it out. If that doesn't work, then Joel comes and gets me, and we all three sit together, and we work it out. We come together because, you know what? We may not agree on everything, but he's still my brother. He's still my brother. And I want the best for him as I want the best for him. It's a decision that we choose to make right here. So he continues to go on and it says, pray for us, for our conscience is clear and that we want to live honorably in everything we do. And especially pray that I will come back to you soon. And what it comes back to is this, is that when we choose to do these things, we are honoring God because he calls us to honor those that he's called for our lives. So the Bible teaches us the importance of honoring those who teach us, which is Pastor Stormy and Shelley. It's some of the other pastors that that teach your kids, that teach your students. Pray for those. Honor those. I will tell you this. We have a man of God 
that doesn't take his calling lightly. I told, I, I told you this, in the, I told the first service, and I'll tell you again. His thing every day, and, and you can ask every one of our staff members, if you were to put us in all the different in, interrogation rooms, you were to say, what does Pastor Stormy do every workday when he gets to the office? Here's what he does. He walks in and he sets his briefcase down. He opens up his briefcase, he grabs his Bible out, and he grabs his notebook out that he, he, he brings up here to preach out of, the one with all the notes in it, with all, with all his handwriting that nobody else can read but him, but he's got specialized. But, uh, so he's got that there. He pulls all that out and he sets it down. He gets his books that he's reading because he always wants to develop better and leader, and he wants to develop his faith stronger. So he grabs everything, he puts a stack together, he gets his coffee cup, he goes into the kitchen, he pours himself a cup of coffee, he puts it in the microwave for 38 seconds, hits start, heats it up, grabs the coffee out, takes everything, goes out and has this incredible balancing act. As he goes to the front door, where the, the glass door that you come in, it's closed, so he has to open that door, and instead of setting his coffee cup down, it's easier just to set it on his Bible and open the door, but it's a balancing act as he's doing it, because he's not just got one book, he's got three books. And then he's got the note cards so that he can con do his confessions and believe God. So he puts everything on there. He opens the door. He gets out there and hopefully he doesn't spill coffee on himself. But he makes it downstairs. And he'll spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour praying, studying, and speaking the word of God and confessing what he believes over this church. Then he comes back upstairs. He gets another cup of coffee and he spends some time working with the staff. Then he goes back into his office. And he will spend the entire day Thumbing through scripture. He's writing, he's going forth. He's writing, he's going forth. He's reading, he's marking in his Bible. He's cross-referencing, he's studying illustration. He's writing down thoughts, he's doing everything. He spends the entire day preparing for a Wednesday night sermon. He spends over two or three hours just preparing for the tithes and offerings. Because he wants to be well-prepared because he recognizes the calling that God has. So I am telling you, when he is called pastor, it's not by chance, it's by choice. And he looks at that as an honor to be called the pastor and to pastor this church. We should choose to say, God, we're gonna honor him for his honor that he gives unto you. We're gonna honor the calling in everything that we can do. Now, as we walk through this and we understand this, now it's starting to paint a picture of who we are and what we do. Now, the next steps in how we do this. Turn, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians, back to the left. You're gonna see first. Timothy, second, you're going to see 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. We're going to go to chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 12. It was the scripture that you saw that pastor reading on the intro video. And it says this. I'll, I'll wait for a few pages to stop turning. All right, everybody there? Good. Because I want you to see this with your own eyes. It says this, dear brothers and sisters, this is you and I. So he's writing to us. Paul's final advice to us. This is the final thing he's wanting to drive home this final point. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Now, listen to what he said. He point blank gives it and says, love them wholeheartedly. Don't put up an act. Don't do these other things. Love them. Because they are called into this great calling. And Paul says this. He reminds you, and live at peace with everyone. That is one of the best ways that you can honor them, 
is to make sure that you're living at peace in this place. So that when you come in this place, you're not causing issues and stirring things up, but you're saying, you know what, if I've got an issue or an issue with this person, I want to go meet with them one-on-one. That is honoring God and honoring them because you're not bringing it before them. You know what? Instead of him, these guys having to spend the next three hours counseling you two to bring you two together, you did it on your own, and they get to spend three more hours studying the Word of God so that they're even more prepared to spend time praying for this church so they're even more prepared, so that they can spend time studying, serving, being a part of this church, and that they can relax and enjoy what they're called to do. Because I will tell you this, it is an attack constantly from the enemy. And he will do it through everyone out here, as he will through our own families, through our own lives. And if we just have to worry about that, it would be great instead of having to help clean up a lot of the other stuff. But it's a calling. And so whatever you can do, live at peace with each other. That is Paul's final advice. Work together to make sure that you're honoring each other. It's a calling for us to honor those who teach. That is our calling. As members of this church, we're called to honor Pastor Stormy and Shelley. One of the best examples I can tell you about, for those of you that have been to the Men of Iron, there's one of our speakers there. His name's Pastor Rick Burke. He's a pastor of a church in Claremore, Oklahoma. He used to be the youth pastor in Clovis, New Mexico. He did that and did an incredible job there. But I remember as I worked for him for over a year, we were talking one day, and every day he referred to Pastor Swan as pastor. Even though other people would be like, oh yeah, David's doing this, or oh yeah, uh, Swanee's doing this, or this, or that. He would always refer to him as pastor. And I remember he was doing a teaching and kind of talking to our staff about some different things, and he said this, I want you to understand this. He said, I don't call Pastor Swan for his sake. I call him Pastor Swan for my sake. Because every time I refer to him as pastor, it reminds me of the place I have put him in my life. We should never be ordinary about the man of God. Because that's who he is. He is a man of God. And they have a calling directly from God. And that is what we're choosing to honor. Pastor Stormy, and understand this, this is awkward at times for me because he's my father-in-law. On the golf course, when I say, hey, pastor, you're going to shoot? Or, hey, pastor, Stormy, you're going to do these things? Or we'll be in the store, and I'll just want to say, hey, Stormy, do you want to do, you know, just keep it normal and casual because that's the way he is. And it doesn't bother him what you call him. But it reminds me constantly of who he is in my life. That is my pastor, and I choose to honor him, whether I'm here at church or whether I'm out in the world or whether I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I choose to say, that's my pastor. We choose to honor him, and that's the decision we choose to make. And so, as you remember those things, remember the story that Pastor Rick said. He doesn't do it for his right. He does it for mine. I say pastor because it helps me remember those things. Abraham Lincoln says this. It says, I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live up to the light I have. That is a perfect example of him. He's not going to be perfect. He's never been called to be perfect, but he has been called to be a man of God. And the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times yet gets back up. So he's not going to be perfect, which means he's not going to do everything you think needs to happen, but he's going to do what he believes God has called him to do. He takes this calling, not as lightly, but as a heavy calling to say, God, I'm going to honor you. Calvin Coolidge says this, no person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been the reward for what he gave. 
I can tell you this, there's nobody in this church, I believe, that has given more to this church than those two. And I tell you this personally because most people don't know this. They have taken money out of their own savings. In fact, they had a lot of money in their savings because God blessed them before they ever took in the ministry. That savings almost dwindled down to nothing because many months they didn't even take a paycheck because they would rather sow it into the church and pay us, the staff, and they didn't let one person know about it. They didn't hand the check and go, you know, really, this is my money I'm paying you out of. They never let anybody know because it's not for them to manipulate the situation to make God do something. They're gonna trust God will do something. Just gonna trust God. They have given. We should honor them because of the calling that they have and because when I honor them, they're gonna help me with my faith and my walk with God. It's a decision that we have. And so I found that honor is a simple thing. It comes down to the heart. Where I choose to have my heart. I've had this conversation with my son many times because there, there are people in his life that sometimes get away with things. And you know what? There's people in our lives that, that sometimes get away with things even though they're wrong. But I said it's not about what they do. It can't be about what they do. It can't be about what others are doing in your life because you are called to something higher and greater. So you choose to honor the calling God has put on your life by listening and applying the words that are put right there. And so I think it's, we all struggle at times with this because we, want, we see what others are doing and they seem to be getting blessed. But I realize this, if I will just focus on my calling, if I will keep my eyes focused on the Lord, everything always comes back into the right perspective. So whether me honoring these two might be by me being in the nursery changing diapers. Might be by me walking down this hallway and seeing trash on the ground and picking it up because I realize this is the house of God. And I'm going to make sure this place looks incredible because this is my father's house. And I'm going to bless the ones that he has called to lead this house. I'm going to be a part of whatever it is. That may be ushering. That may be greeting. That may be serving upstairs in the faith kids. That may be serving and doing something that you've never been called to do, that you think, well, I don't know if I can. That's okay. God will give you the strength and mercy to do it. He will give you the grace to be able to change those diapers. When they used to gag you, you'd be able to go, hey, this isn't that bad anymore. I don't know. Maybe I've gotten older. I don't know. Whatever it is. But you know what? You may say, I'm not very good with two-year-olds. You may be fantastic with two-year-olds now. Because when you do things under the grace of God, you will do things beyond what you ever thought you possibly could. We'll go to our final scripture, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, this is one of my favorite scriptures that we talk about right here, and I've shared some of it, but I want you to see this. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. It says this, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. The Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good character, okay? And so when you look at that, you realize very quickly that I got to be careful who I hang out with. But that thing tells me two things. One, yes, you do need to be careful who you hang out with. But it says the second thing, bad company corrupted, not bad character, good character. Which means in every person that God has ever created, which is you and me, there's good character in you. Which means that you are a good tree. That when you choose to find the right source that is feeding you, you can produce great fruit. So we go on. 
A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from brumble bushes. Verse 45. A good person produces, it produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. So in order to produce good fruit, it's not by chance, it's because you purpose to produce good things in your heart. Because remember what it says right here, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. What you say, what you say flows from what is in your heart. So what he's simply saying is this, the source that you're applying to allow this thing to grow. So let's talk about a tree. If I were to plant a tree and I were to keep feeding it incredible fertilizer and water and I was able to get it in the sun, it was everything, that tree is going to flourish. It is going to become a great and mighty beautiful tree like the red oaks that are just huge and massive and lasted for years. Now if I took that thing and I took sewer water and I tried to feed it, and and, and I put it in the shade, and I never let it grow, that tree is not going to produce what it was created to produce. So you have a choice. What you're going to choose to feed, what's going to allow you to grow or to become stagnant. Because here's the thing. That tree, if I produce just sewer water, and it's got nothing good, and all the bacteria and all the stuff that is in it, it's going to kill that tree eventually. But if I will continue to produce what God has called me to do and fill myself with living water, with what God has said, that if you will seek me, you will find me. That if you will knock, the door will be open. That if you ask, you shall receive. If I keep that mindset, that if I keep seeking you first, then you know what's going to be produced inside of me is a heart that is saying, good treasures, good treasures, good treasures. I speak blessings over them. I pray over them. I send great thoughts. I, I, I continue to honor them, whatever I can. When pastor sits up here and says, we have trouble, every Tuesday we go to a staff meeting, and you know what the question is? We ask Dora and Meredith and Jordan and anyone who's in the youth, we say, how, how, is, how are your people? Well, I had four out of 12 show up. It hurts our pastors. Because they realize the burden. And so for me to honor them, maybe I go to class and I serve there. Means that I say yes to Dora, means that I'm honoring them by saying, I want to be a blessing in there. And you know what you're going to find? That you're more gifted in that area than you never thought you would be. When you go with the right mindset. But when I I go with the mindset that says, well, I guess I have to. I guess I have to. I guess I, gotta, I have to produce fruit this year. I guess I have to. You're not going to do very well. You're going to run down because it's all about you. So you've got a decision. You can choose to honor God or we can choose to honor me. Your choice, your decision, and your opportunity. It really comes down to a heart issue. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. As I was preparing for this, the final thought that I want to share I think a lot of times we try to seek the answer that only God can give through anyone we can find. So if I have an issue, I may go to my wife and say, I'm dealing with this. And so I'm expecting her to give me the answer that is going to be the perfect answer. The problem is she doesn't know the perfect answer unless she seeks the one who created the perfect answer. The only perfect answer comes from the one who created it all. He has a purpose and a point for everything that you're going through. So instead of me choosing to go seek Facebook, to go seek friends, family, all these other people, why don't I slow back down 
and seek him. And not only am I going to do this, if I don't get the answer, then I'm going to say, God, I believe that you speak to Pastor Stormy and Shelley. I believe that you speak to them directly, which means that if I believe that you speak to them, that you share your word, why don't I slow back down and say, God, I'm dealing with this. Will you speak through them in a message to help me to go to where I need to go? Because I believe this, if you are God, and they're a man of God, and they're a woman of God, then I believe that you'll speak to them and be able to give me direction because I can't seek it right now. But that means that I come with an open heart ready to receive. And he may say, I don't know who this is for, but I feel like God is saying this. Or he may come across and say, this is what we're learning, this is what we're teaching on, and you're going to walk away going, oh my gosh, God literally like sent him an email of exactly what's going on in my life, and you gave me direction, you gave me peace. That's not coincidence, that is God. So I'm going to honor the man of God by not speaking ill of him, but simply saying, God, help them to help me because I'm struggling. I'm not doing very well, but I want to honor them and I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to believe because there are going to be times that you're going to be in a flying high, nothing's, you're doing great. And a lot of times we forget to really pray to bless those that are blessing us so much. So always remember every morning, if you would take time, five minutes, two minutes, one minute, and say, Lord, I pray you bless Pastor Stormy and Shelley. Be with them. When they're on vacation, man, give them great sleep. Give them rest. Get them to do things that they would never be able to do on their own. But Lord, you're going to give them favor. You're going to allow them to be blessed. I will tell you this, Pastor Stormy and his brother, Pastor Swan, they have done some of the craziest things I've ever seen. We went to a Dallas Mavericks game one time, and they said, Lord, I want to get down to the floor. I want to get down on the floor. I want to be down in there. I just want to do it. Whatever it takes, I want to do it. So he, we, we buy these tickets. We're way up in the nosebleeds. And he said, I'm going to be down there because I prayed and God's going to bless me down there. So I'm like, you're not going to go down there. He goes, no, I'm going to go down there. So he starts working his way. He starts talking to these ushers. He's getting favor. Man, they're like, hey, we've got two seats open here. You want to come sit here? Absolutely. So they move down there and I'm seeing them. They're turning around waving at us. And I'm like, my nose is bleeding. And I'm like trying to stop it and wondering what, what do I need to do? They start working their way down. Eventually, you know where they're at by the end of the game? On the floor. I'm like, I don't know how you did that, but I want some of whatever you got. I want to be a part of that. And he said, it's him. Because remember, he's our heavenly father. He wants to bless you as much as he wants to bless them, and he wants to use them to bless you. And I will tell you this, you will, find, you will not find two greater hearts that want to bless people in your life than these two. They don't make the most money in this church. There are people that make way more than they do. But you know what? They're always within our top five givers. Because they have a heart that says, God, it's more important to honor you than it is anyone else. Amen? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.